We are anxious to respond to so many difficulties, sufferings, and disasters that afflict mankind. We forget that the source of all our troubles comes from an illusion that we are something other than mere dust. The man who makes himself God no longer wants to know that he is mortal. Psalm 103 says that God himself knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. For as man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. We should recognize that God is our joy, and in him our dust can become splendor. The love of Christ changes the immense sorrow of mankind into joy. The secret of happiness is to see all our sufferings in light of Christ's victory over death. All suffering contributes in one way or another to our happiness. That's Robert Cardinal Seurat and the Power of Silence. You know, I have been, uh, as a deacon myself, uh, I've been studying for theology for a long while now, and I sincerely think that and even many of you here would appreciate the arguments I might make from this pulpit. I truly do love telling people about these big theological concepts, the cosmological argument, the Catholic conceptions of metaphysics, or even hermeneutics. My goodness, I love sounding smart while telling people about the exciting discipline of hermeneutics. I can hear shouts of joy out there, but I found not one of them to be terribly effective in pursuing the most important thing, the salvation of souls. And so I'd wager that none of you were motivated to come to church this weekend because there was a chance that I or Father might elaborate on the historicity of Marian dogma or give you a sound argument of why whatever it was that you were thinking is logically wrong. So even though originally I wanted to talk about those nerdy types of things, I decided not to do that. We don't learn who God is from our minds. We learn who he is from our hearts. And so that is my primary intention when I have an opportunity to preach. Although I like to tell people why God makes sense, that doesn't matter until we can trust him. And that starts with prayer. Thus far, if I had to choose the one question that I've gotten most often from people, it would be some sort of iteration of this. How do we pray? How do you, Deacon Andrew, pray so that we can copy it? What should we be doing? What shouldn't we be doing? How long should we be praying? What do we do when we're taking a holy hour? And for those of you that want my answer, I say in response to that, that procedure is inconsequential when comparing to making prayer a habitual activity. In short, it's much more important that we pray rather than how we pray. Because praying people are happier, praying people have less anxiety, praying people love and feel loved 
more than those who don't. That is to say, I want you to pray because I really do care. All of the priests here care about that. And I want you to pray because I want your life to be better. Praying just a little bit more will change your life. Because I will tell you a little secret, many of the people asking how to pray are actually wanting to find a way to know God without taking the time to do it. And I'm not innocent of this. I admit I do this all the time. But look at it this way. I've asked that question myself. What is the least I can do to make it to heaven or purgatory? Or what is the least amount of time I can spend in prayer with God and it be enough? Those questions are identical to this. That would be taking, like taking a, a long look in your father's eye and asking, what is the very least amount of time I can spend with you and still be your son, still be your daughter? It's the same question. God wants to be with you way more than even the most perfect biological fathers anyone here has ever had. I, Father, and most especially God himself, want so much for all of us to pray because he loves just being with us and being a part of as many of our joys and sorrows as he can be. What is important is that I can tell you with certainty that the most impactful stories in scripture or even here in our own lives, they reject that idea. The idea that the goal is to pray as little as possible. They reject that praying is pointless and they reject that praying people are lazy and ineffective. This is what's important, the gospel today spells out the alternative quite clearly. Had an anti-prayer mentality been present in Mary, there would have been no Christmas. Had an anti-prayer mentality been present in Mary, there would have been no Christmas. And first, and, and also too, in the first two readings, we, we meet two people who inexplicitly found favor with God. The selection from the second book of Samuel uh, recounts the, the story of David's transformation by the grace of God from a shepherd boy to a shepherd king. The occasion is David's intention, confided to Nathan to build God a house. Rejecting David's proposal, God retells the story of David's rise to power. And what is most striking about the story is the repetition of the divine I in every sentence. The point is unmistakable. God, not David, is the subject of every verb in David's story. Divine initiative also directs the action of the Annunciation scene in the Luke Gospel for today. God's grace overshadows Mary and transforms her from Joseph's betrothed to mother of God. What God's favor requires of David and Mary is the simple yes that Paul in the second reading calls the obedience of faith. 
in Advent, we ask that we who are now being transformed by the unmerited grace of God in Christ resolve to say our yes as generously as did David and Mary. And that starts with prayer. So here's what I want to happen before Christmas comes, and this is a big ask, but I'm very confident that everybody here can do it. Anyone here from age 2 to 130, okay? Before Christmas, I want you to pray for one whole hour, one whole hour, and you've got four whole days to do it. Actually, it's the beginning of Sunday, so if you count today, that's five. And if you absolutely need to, split it up into parts, but just pray. Turn off your phone, be quiet, and be with Jesus one hour. Why? Because he's coming. And while you're doing that, I want you to think about three things because you are his, H-I-S. Now, I thought about this just last week, so it hasn't been patented or anything like that, so there are no t-shirts or bumper stickers that you can get with this, but that's only just yet, okay? H-I-S, number one, hero, okay? I want you to find a prayer hero while you are thinking about these things. Find somebody whose life of prayer you admire and use their prayer as an example. My prayer heroes, big time St. Paul. I love King David through the Psalms, but find someone to latch on to and find a style that you can make your own. St. Mother Teresa, St. John Paul II, Biblical Judith is awesome. St. Vincent de Paul, St. Louise de Marillac, St. Catherine of Siena, whoever, find someone and try to pray like them. So that's the H-H-I. I is identity. Ask God in prayer what your purpose is. Literally, in prayer, say, God, why did you make me? And wait. And listen for an answer. Remember, God by his nature does not make mistakes, and so all of us have some legitimate purpose that is purely good. Identity. God, why did you make me? So that's H for hero, I for identity, and S, H-I-S. S is sincerity. Nearing the end of that prayer, be honest with God and think about how your prayer time was for both you and God. If it is helpful and good, or if it was helpful and good, uh, this is God's Christmas gift to you. You can pray as much as you want. It's totally free. You can pray another hour right after that if you want to. You can plan on praying as you drift off to sleep at nighttime, or you could start praying the rosary more often or become more familiar with praying the Psalms. The options are limitless, or, if this happens to me sometimes as well, or if you hated every second of it, and I've been there before, be honest. God can take it. And tell God why you hated it so much. He wants to be with you. And if you hate praying, ask God how to make prayer time less pure agony and more pleasant. Be confident that you too can work something out. Remember that you, in prayer, you are his, H-I-S, find a, her- find a hero, know your identity, and be sincere with God, because, and in closing, 
I'd like to, for us to reflect over this. It comes from Philippians 4, and it's Paul. He's the same guy that wrote the second reading for today. Might sound familiar. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace will be with you.